What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. This is DJ EFN. And this is your boy, Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Fatherhood. Smoother and smoother with each intro. <laughs> Manny Digital. Trying to be the Barry White of this thing, baby. Now you're the RZA of the Fatherhoods pod. Um, yeah, actually, my Manny Digital name came from, yeah, Bobby That's Digital. Oh, That's okay. Right. That's right. That's what I meant. I was wondering where that came from. Yeah, well, it, it's he was an influence for sure, but given my digital advertising background, I just figured... Right. The shit just worked. So, boom. Did you ever boom. listen to the Bobby Digital album? Yeah, I did. Yeah. He, didn't he do more than one? The first one was dope. Did he do more than one? I want to say he did a second one, but that was like years later. But I could the be totally wrong. Dope. Or at least there was, at least he was talking about doing a second one. I'll, I'll, I'll remember. Bobby Digital. <laughs> <laughs> Bad impression. Sorry, Rizzo. <laughs> All right. So, I got a, I got a question. And, and, and Manny, this is probably you're gonna have more insight on this one. Um, do your kids wild out when after they eat sugar? Damn. Or your or your younger or or like your five year old? I don't know. I heard if... that was a myth. Before you answer, I heard that was a myth by people. I don't definitely know. not a myth. At least not in my house. Well, I <laughs> guess not a myth. I think it depends because my kids consume a decent amount of sugar on a daily basis. So in my case. There's a there's a consistency in their wilding out that's predictable. Okay. So I, okay. I haven't noticed anything in particular. Interesting. Is, I, I yeah, read I, something scientific that tried to that's debunked it supposedly. Yeah, yeah, I've read that too. Um I definitely read that too, but I I just uh <laughs> I can see my, my son's eyes glaze over after a couple and especially and it and it kind of depends on the type of sugar. So if it's like some serious <laughs> Like super refined, you know, like frosting on a cupcake right. type. Like then he starts just going nuts. Like Whereas I, it, I don't mean this is a terrible analogy, but I'm going to use it because I don't have a better one. You know how like a dope fiend, how they're like. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, nah, for like sure. Like that, right? Yeah. Damn. Just like that. Yeah. And he starts, he, body starts shaking. He starts oh, moving all over the place and start acting acting wild. <laughs> and I my wonder wife's not like, these... yo, dude, you can't have <laughs> no more of that for you. <laughs> I wonder if some of these products have caffeine in them. That we don't know, it or could something be. like I a don't caffeine. Know. Well, it, it brings me to a larger question of just how and e. This will be something that that you know you'll have to start taking more into consideration of. But I don't know how much do you police what kind of food your kids eat, and if you noticed you know differences in when they're eating better versus like for instance. Uh, my son discovered the school hot lunch, right? 
And as much as they want to try to provide nutritional meals that, and I'm just speaking from a public school standpoint, you know, there's a, there's a lot of junk in the food. Right. And I started noticing a difference in the way he was acting a little bit and feeling, um, from, from eating those meals as opposed to eating something from home where at least we can control a little bit more of what's going into his body. Hmm. Right. But I wonder how, I mean, do you think about that stuff in terms of what you're feeding your kids? I mean, yeah, we, right now, you know, we're starting to feed her, well, we've been for, for a few weeks now, uh, baby food, maybe for a month now. And we get the organic yeah. baby food. And we're, yeah. although we started with uh, like apples and fruits and stuff, we, we've really been very conscious of introducing a lot of vegetables or vegetable mixtures. Um, but me in general like I'm, even though it said organic on a lot of these things we're buying i'm still even worried like that it's processed food period you know and um <clears throat> excuse me i'm i'm always very so I, I don't notice too much how the food affects them i haven't paid that close attention but i do i mean i, I see extremes i guess that's the best way i can i can articulate kind of what what it looks like in my world I'll see crankiness, tiredness from things that have a lack of nutrition. So, for instance, you know, oatmeal is an example. Oatmeal is considered by many like to have a lot of nutrition, but in reality, there isn't a lot there for energy and you know what have you. So, the nutrients that they derive from that are minimal to none in many cases. Now, I like to put like a a tablespoon of like almond butter in there to give some protein and some fat in order to help my son, for instance, carry through the day. I'll notice a difference sometimes in his demeanor on his way to school. Like he'll be kind of just like a little zombied out versus when he has the tablespoon, I find him a little bit more uh, uh, talkative and have a little bit more energy, but nothing that's like tipping the scale either way. Hmm. Do do you, when you guys started feeding your kids as babies, did you notice, um, this is what I'm going through right now my baby is becoming a food fiend. Like she gets cranky if we're not feeding her. Like she wants to eat anything and everything. If she sees us eat, she gets cranky. She looks back towards the kitchen all the time. If we open a, a, a cover, she's like looking like, Oh, you're going to get me something to eat. And and it's like, I'm like, yo man, she's like a crackhead right now. Like, like, you it's know, like I my, know it's like my cats. <laughs> yo, it, it, yeah. My dog, my dog does that. Like if I, if I, the way I get my dog to come downstairs is I make, I make movement with a bag and she thinks it's like a, a dog treat, treat coming out of the bag. She comes running down. My daughter's doing that now. And I'm worried. I'm like, is that normal? Maybe cause she's just discovering food and that's, you know, exciting for her. Or is it weird? Is it, is it something wrong there that, that's going on? No, I, I think it's, I think it's probably normal. I mean, she's growing, you know? I mean, did you guys have, did you guys notice that? Hmm. I feel like everything I tell you guys, you guys are like, nah, that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) For for me, it was, it was transitional. Like there wasn't like a moment where, for instance, we, we switched from compota to hard or some more solid foods. And there was like this big pop. The only significant thing that I can remember where that reaction occurred was, and I mentioned this, I think before, you know, in that transitional phase, we went from, you know, soft foods and then we started introducing them to some more solids and in and out Burger came into play somehow. 
and his I actually have pictures somewhere. His reaction to his first bite of an In and Out burger was classic. It was like a cartoon character. He just went like he just found God or something. So that's the only thing I can relate. Well, my daughter does that with compota. And for <laughs> anybody listening, not knowing what compota is, and we can't shake it because we're Hispanic, is compota is basically just baby food, the little jars of baby, Gerber baby food or whatever brand. Um, but yeah, if she, if I sit in her in her high chair and I go to the kitchen, she starts to make a noise like she's cranky, like she knows some, you know, it's coming, but you better hurry up. As soon as she sees the compota, she's like, ah, ah, like she's so excited and happy. And if I turn around and walk away, like, nah, I'm just kidding. She goes nuts. Oh, man. So it's already with compota. And then anything, anything now that she can put in her mouth to eat. Um, and she's willing to try everything and anything. Some things you could tell she likes more than others. But in general, she's just excited to eat anything. That's, that's good, man. Yeah. I, my son wasn't super excited about eating. Uh, he's got a pretty good appetite but i mean that was never like high on his list with oh she's in we gave her her first blueberry the other day and she we put it in front of her she picks it up and she puts it in her mouth and she chews it and i'm like yo you know and she liked it that's good what you could you could start actually you know go go i mean gradually but you could go start giving her stuff that kids normally don't want to eat like a brussels sprout or broccoli and stuff like that and they'll latch on quick give her uh um avocado we we feed her oh she yeah likes yeah. it um what hey, what are you what are you gonna yeah. do about um so you're you're vegetarian right um pescatarian pescatarian okay mm -hmm. so what's your thoughts in terms of when she starts being able to understand you know and talk to you about what she wants to eat or she sees other she sees meat for example you're gonna let her eat meat or you're gonna try to keep her in the same flow that you're on the thing is, that's obviously a conversation between me and my girl to equally, you know, decide, at least now that we're controlling the food. I would like to try to to not give her meat um, as long as possible, but find make sure we find proteins and things that, that can substitute for it. And then um, and then when the time comes that she maybe wants to have meat or whatever, or my girl maybe thinks she should she wants to feed her meat, then. You know, maybe we we discuss it, talk about it, maybe try to get free range stuff and and you know organically fed food or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a tough one, man. I don't, I don't, you know, I definitely don't want her. I don't want to be the the parent that gets the kid hooked on McDonald's or burgers right. or or, or any the stuff that we all grew up on. You know, like we kind of grew up on that, and then the kids after us, I think, was even worse. You know, so I want her to be more about like you know. Yeah, veggies and fruits and, 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 and more whole whole foods than than meats and, and, and fast food. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I'm gonna definitely try. And and meats including poultry, right? Including po and even to a degree, even seafood even now, because yeah. seafood is, is you know, I'm just I'm a failed vegetarian. That's why I'm a pescatarian. <laughs> um so you know, you know, now everything the thing is is look, man, I do believe in balance. I feel that just for me, I'm the type of person that I have to exaggerate to get something done to be to, to be in a certain direction so i don't expect that of other people or my child we can balance it out we can give her a little you know maybe give her a little meat give her a little poultry and all that stuff we try to pick the best kind out there quality uh, better said and and you know but but i don't want it to be on the exaggerated side where i remember there was times in my life where i was just eating meat i was eating meat every you know a couple times a day and having you know burgers or steaks or you know chicken or whatever and when when you thought chicken was healthy oh we went ham on chicken you know mm -hmm. 
So I just want her to to be more on the side of you know of like you know veggies and and fruits and and grains and stuff like that. You heard that wordplay? Ham on chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I got lyrics. Yo, this is like a timely and very like there's a lot to talk about when it comes to nutrition because I'm actually in this phase now where I'm radically I've I've radically changed the way I eat and and provide my body nutrients and it's a constant debate and not argument but discussion in my household because as you know unfortunately and we we know this in many respects but like we're educated in a mass education oftentimes full of non-truths or straight up lies right or misinformation and so as you're growing up you're getting you're basically just adopting your parents' diet because that's what they know and whatever. But then as you grow older and with the advent of something like YouTube, thank God, you're starting to see different takes on different things, right? And so a lot of it is scare shit where, you know, oh, poultry's fucking poison, run away. And, you know, lettuce is all fucked up. Don't touch it. But on the flip, there's a lot of science around how your body operates and what it actually needs to function, and so recently I started on the, the keto diet or the keto lifestyle of eating. And I got to say, like, this is my third week in it. And I've not the, not with the intention necessarily of dropping weight, but I want to see my abs at some point in my life. And I'm thinking now is probably the time. So I gave up on that. <laughs> <laughs> so so in three weeks, I dropped 13 pounds Damn. and it's and it's been basic. And I'm not going to get and preach all about this shit, but. But it's basically just converting your body from a, a sugar burning, you know, to right. a, a fat burning. And surprisingly, you eat a lot of fat in order to achieve that. So in my house now, I'm I'm fortunate that my wife is very supportive. So long as I can explain and show evidence as to what I'm talking about, she's typically on board. It just has to make sense. So we, we just got home from Costco and we're going through the aisles trying to figure out what to buy. And she's still defaults to things high in sugar high in carbs high in fructose and things like that and i and i have to be the voice of reason be like we know fructose is bad can we try to avoid doing that and just start picking out little things that we can start to alter the diet that our kids are eating even if it's not straight up keto like all right let's just improve now that we have better information so your keto diet has have any of your kids are they not that they're a full keto, but are they eating some of the foods that you're eating or are you just kind of on an island on your own in the house eating your it's, own it's, meal? It's kind of 50-50 because the way I see it is – or the way we're going about it is um, I don't want them consuming the things that I'm consuming because they have other shit that they enjoy more than many of the things that I eat. But I am allowing them to taste different things so that they can start to understand you know, with their own palates – how similar they might taste to things that are a lot less beneficial to them. And so I try to make that. So, for instance, we just finished making some brownies. The brownies are no sugar, but they're still sweet because there's, like, natural ways to get the sweetness. Right, like dates and all that stuff. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though dates are not part of this, but still. Okay, got it. There's other things. But, but like, when they taste it later, they're going to be like, holy shit, it tastes like a fucking brownie. Like, there's very little difference. So it's it's an interesting journey, but it's so far it's been 
And cool. we got to understand that also children's metabolisms are at a different level than adults. And they there's things that would that would um, impact our bodies that won't impact theirs as much. But but we but we do want to think about the future of of, you know, what they're eating and their habits and stuff like that. But we got to be, you know, like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do like I wouldn't want to subject my child to any kind of a diet program. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I just think ultimately at the end of the day, balance is probably the best, you know, thing the, for for a child. It's definitely the best default, I think, in general. Yeah. For just sure. balance, and then then and then common sense. Like, yes, high fructose and stuff like that. We all know sugar in general, period, is bad. So if you can avoid it or keep it natural sugars, which is obviously fruits and stuff that you know a lot of most natural fr- uh, foods have sugar in them, but they impact your body differently. That's a common sense thing, you know? So, it's okay. I know we kind of derailed a little bit, but you were talking about the school dynamic uh, and your son's discovery of lunch in school, and you've noticed, like, an Im- a difference in him. Yeah, but actually he uh, ended up getting sick one day from one of the, one of the uh, lunches there, and then and that's the last time he's had lunch there. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to have home lunch from now on. So he decided, like... That scared him enough to say, you know what, I'm not messing with this shit no more. Yeah, it was with a little bit of our prodding, just saying, because we kept saying he was getting on this whole, I'll just have the hot lunch today. I'll just have the hot lunch. And we were looking at the menus and saying, eh, (laughs) I don't know about the, let's give you the home lunch. But he wanted the hot lunch. So, um, and if we gave him the home lunch, he wouldn't eat it. So, you know what I mean? It was just like a tug of war type of thing. And mm-hmm. but we kept saying, well, you know what? Some of this stuff is not that good for you. And, but he's kind of hard headed, So he has to learn on his own sometimes. So, um, yeah, once he got sick, then we explained to him after he was feeling better, like, see, this is what we were talking about. Some of the food isn't that great for you and couldn't make you not feel so good. So, Nah, yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys went full on brainwash at that point. You were like, yeah, they manipulated that. This, this is death, death. <laughs> He's gonna look at that at that school and bro. <laughs> and also, part of it was, uh, I mean, there's a lot of red meat, and so basically, with us, uh, I wouldn't put a title to how we eat. I mean, we haven't eaten red meat in years just because it mm. just didn't make us feel good, and so it's not something that we introduced to him um trying to but he has had a couple burgers he has tried things here and there and he says oh i like it you know he he likes it um and every now and then we'll let him have it it's just in moderation um because again like we don't want to totally kill what he likes but we also have as a parent we also know that hey a lot of red meat's not good for you so you know it's not like we're going to prepare it at home either um so like you said, he was just trying to find the balance and letting him also learn how to make some decisions on you know, what what he likes and what's good to eat and what's not good to eat. And, and the good thing, there's a lot of substitutions for things out there. The only issue that I'm starting to have now is that I'm just thinking to myself, there's so many substitutions and there's so many things that, that – Make, like there's really good substitutions and i'm just wondering too many damn you know, choices man what no 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 <laughs> what what's mad science goes behind making this that you know yeah because you know now they can put certified organic and we think it's great but it, it could be that it came from organic ingredients but when they put it in the lab they did some other magic to it 
that's not our, you know, that, that was man-made. So what did you, did you read, uh, so, you know, the CES, um, conference in, in Vegas, a show yeah. about mm-hmm. all the new technology. So right. I saw the, the, the headline today that the biggest hit there. So they had like the Samsung folding phones and all that stuff. The biggest hit there was the Impossible Burger 2.0 at the CES show. Get the what, fuck what is out that? of here. No, what is that? I don't even know what that is. So the Impossible Burger is the, you know, the plant-based burger that, that uh, this, uh, I think it's called Impossible Foods, they they made so that it looks like it's bleeding and, you know, yeah. it looks like a burger, oh, right? Oh, okay. It's not the, there's another brand that I buy that's pretty good. I don't know if it's the same one. That they I'm not sure. Sh- yeah, there's like two of them, two or three that are kind of vying for that spot. Right. Um, so... This is, I guess, their updated version, the 2.0, and that was like the biggest hit at a technology show. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. See, Damn. that goes, you know, like what's uh, I don't know if you guys just said this, but you, what's that movie, the Soylent Green? What is that? You remember that movie? Some uh, crazy movie, and then it's like they they started feeding these people things that, like to keep humanity alive because we had ran out of food on the planet. I think that the food that they were giving them is Soylent Green. It was like. Some some stuff. It, it's what kept people going. And then at the end of the movie, they find out that Soylent Green basically is people when they die, they turn them into food that they're feeding the population. Oh, nice. oh <laughs> <laughs> it's some old movie. Check it out. It's like a classic, supposedly. <laughs> nah, I'm good. Are you ready? You ready for a good segue? <laughs> yeah. And you ready for a good segue? Let me hear this. All right. So since we're talking about food and diet, our next guest, he went straight vegan. Yep. Let's bring him in and we can talk to him. So, ready? Yep. Yep. What's going on? Special guest this week, fellow father, fellow podcaster, legend, Merce in the building. Everybody make some noise. <laughs> make this some baby what, noises. This is where we'll, it will insert the baby sound effects. So. <laughs> Great. Yo, what up, Merce? What up, y'all? How y'all feeling today? Good, man. Thanks Where's for joining it? us. All right, is everybody spread out across the nation? Yep. Yes, we are. Yep. Where are you at right now? I'm in Inglewood, in California, on the West Coast. I don't know why I thought you moved to Arizona at one point, or New Mexico, or somewhere like that. I did, yeah. I lived in Tucson for about six, eight years. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm back in, in at home now. But, yeah, that's when I, I, I ran away for a few years. So we were talking about... Uh, before we jumped on with you, we were talking about uh, just diets and if, how kind of conscious we are about the food that we're feeding our kids. Um, and then, so oh, yeah. just just so folks know, you know, both E and I know, you know, we've known Merce for a few years. And um, so we have a little bit more of inside information. Um, but I know that when your wife was recently pregnant, you you were on the vegan tip, correct? Yeah, I've been vegan vegetarian since I was 16, I'm 40. Oh, wow. damn. Okay. Um, so, so I've been off and on with it. Off and on, okay. Depending on my finances and whatever. But, um, yeah. So I, I seem to remember when we saw you at uh, at E's baby shower that you were going pretty hard on the on, on the vegan side of things at that point. Yeah, yeah. This is my my second marriage, and my wife now is definitely, she's been a vegan for, a long, for many years as well. So she's, yeah. Our baby has never had any meat. Probably, I don't know if I could help him. He'll have a little bit in his life, but if it's up to her, he never will. Um, yeah, so we we've been definitely on the vegan tip for a while. I think uh, 
she was a vegan chef and uh oh so that helps uh, yeah that definitely helps but yeah we both like decided at a young age like when i was 16 i just decided like no more for my 16th birthday i went into mcdonald's ordered a big mac and this was like this is the last hamburger i ever had and it was and, and what's what's your guys reasons because different people have different reasons why they go vegan or vegetarian <laughs> yeah man forgive me if i cut out because i got i live in eagle right in the flight path to lax oh, good. Um, what are you so case neighbor I, he's got the same thing going down. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we're close, same flight man. pattern yeah it's a fucking ridiculous man you know i try to you know tell him to go the other way just can't seem to listen no. <laughs> but um yeah man uh for me, it's definitely health. Uh, my my wife is more like, you know, emotions and animals and all that shit. Um, you know, like when I was vegan early on, like I started to blow up and be like a black vegan rapper. Like Peter used to try to come and interview me, and I used to tell him, I was like, I don't give a fuck about animal rights, man. <laughs> my niggas is like dying in the streets. My homeboy just got his brains blown out. Cops still, you know. What I, mean? I was like, I really don't have time for the rights of animals until we get the rights of my people together. Ooh. But I think it's healthy to be vegan. And my wife is more animal rights and health. So wait, take take me back to that day at McDonald's because there, there mu- you you had like a predetermined notion that you were going to quit right after that burger. But what was that trigger? Um, I mean, well, I guess first it started with Public Enemy. Like I stopped eating pork when I was like twelve or eleven, and I remember my mom telling me, "Okay, then you know," because I was like, you know, Chuck and Chuck D said no pork, Louis Farrakhan said no pork, and you know that was the vibe and rap at the time mm-hmm. and uh i was like okay and then she's like okay no pepperoni pizza and i was like oh shit fuck, for real? <laughs> <laughs> i thought they just meant no pork chops because pork is pork chops. Right. Like, no pork with ham and pepperoni and sausage i was like oh shit and uh i just gave yeah i was like fuck i still you know when you, i was like i was in my pre-teens day so i was super defiant so when she said it like i was on crack i was like hell no nah, fuck it mm, no so i quit fish yeah, i quit fish and then someone told me one day that you know, like I used, I had dreads when I was sixteen, and I was like running around with all these fucking weirdo, like Rasta wannabe religious zealot motherfuckers are like, yo, when 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 Elvis died, you know, he had you know conspiracy theorists because we were all right. preparing for you know what a Buster four years left, Buster Rhymes, the whole end of the world, uh, doomsday. Yeah, so that you know, so the conspiracy theorists like beef is bad for you. They injected with all the stuff. I had heard that, and then it was like when Elvis died, there was like seven pounds of beef stuck in his colon. Oh. And, and I was like, oh, man. And, like, your body can't. It takes seven years to digest one one hamburger or one steak. And I was like, and, then, you know, I was just in the process of believing everything that somebody with dreads and, you know, some fucking frankincense oil told me. And I was like, oh, well, that's it for me then. <laughs> so that was, that was a wrap. And, uh, yeah, so I haven't, I haven't had beef in you know, 20-plus years, fish, same. And Chicken uh, I've been on and off with. Uh, are your kids dairy free too? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm I'm allergic to dairy. I've I've always I didn't find out till I was 23, but I've always had like severe stomach issues and I've got like situations where I was shitting blood and like I've had colonoscopies when I was younger and I no one knew what was wrong with me. So then I just cut out dairy. Mm. And I was like, oh oh shit. And then my aunt, who I hadn't seen in years, my father's side of the family is estranged, and she's like. I was I was vegan when I finally was reintroduced to her, and she was like, "Yo, oh, so you're still allergic to milk?" And I was like, "What?" Oh. She was like, "Yeah, that was like the one the one thing your dad remembered about you, because my dad was has been estranged since he was like 
since I was three. But he remember, he would always, that was a, like, you know, when a dad has facts right. that, you know, <laughs> dads that aren't present have like one or two facts they know about their kids that they never right. see. Oh, he loved that baseball. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so his thing was like, my baby boy can't have no dairy. So and she's like, yeah, your dad always said that. So I called my mom immediately. And I was like, yo. I was like, so I've been learning to dairy my whole life. She's like, oh, you're just lactose intolerant. I'm like, no. And uh, so, yeah, my kids are definitely dairy free. Um, how, many, how many kids? Yeah, I was just about to Go say, ahead. how many kids do you have? Um, ah, so get this gets tricky. Um, <laughs> I do, like all the way to I can't talk about it fully, but at one time I did adopt or had custody of a teenager from foster care. Mm. That didn't work out for various reasons, but legally I can't speak on it too much. Okay. Um, but you know, God bless him. Um, and any child in the foster care system, cause it's, right. it's a real oh. trying journey. Um, and, uh, then I have a child I adopted with my ex-wife when he was two days old, we adopted him. Um, that's my old, I, what I said, my oldest son. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my wife and I were pregnant in 2017 and after 10 months the baby was stillborn and that was our our first son and then we got pregnant about four months after he died and that's my son now so living and custody wise i have two and and your oldest son is he is he living with you guys full-time or is he back and forth with he's back and forth he's with his he's with his ex my ex-wife in arizona um, okay. So we try to, he just, when he was, he just started kindergarten before kindergarten, I would just bring him, we, I do almost every other month thing with his mom. He just has okay. to be for a month and then just pick him up all the, but when he started school, I get him all the breaks and then I try to go down for one week every month. We get an Airbnb and kind of just fit into his routine. And as a over parenting black father, um, <laughs> you know, it's important to me to like show, cause he's in Tucson, he's in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So it's important to me as a black man to show up and drop him off at school at least five days out of every month. Yep. So they know he has a black male present in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and my so, ex-wife has a, has a boyfriend now that picks him up as well. Okay. He's a solid dude. So let me ask you, what what led you to down the the adoption road? Because that's not something that you, that you hear often. Uh, at least I don't. And at least in my dealings with folks and circle of friends uh, you know i've never really heard of of too many folks going down the road of adoption i know e that you you know you we talked about this on previous episodes that that'd be something that you might consider yeah, I'm interested yeah in doing yeah it. What, what what was what was the science behind um, that it was uh it was my it was my ex-wife she kind of spearheaded the whole thing and uh for me it was i got to a point when i started getting rap money i felt really like i don't know if it's you know maybe survivor's guilt or whatever but i felt like i needed to give back that's why I started my festival paid dues. And I just wanted to, I felt like rap is such a self-serving, self-centered thing. So I was trying to start a uh, not-for-profit. And when I met her, she was involved in not-for-profit. And then when she started talking about adoption, I think it has something to do with her family. Her family does it a lot. Hmm. I was like, well, this is the best way to give back is to take kids, the kids, especially young black kids that nobody wants before they become quote unquote, America's worst nightmare, you know, instead of, you know, cause I started to volunteer with a lot of people who I know who are in um, community service and whatnot and not-for-profits. They say what's great for kids is consistency. 
and being a rapper, like I never, I would visit a high school, but I couldn't really keep up with the kids. Um, right. I couldn't come back regularly. So I'd be consistent. So I said, well, this is the way I can give back and be consistent. And instead of trying to change a hundred lives, I can focus on changing one or two and maybe inspire other people to do the same. Cause if every rapper or well-to-do black family took one black child in, we'd, we'd be a lot better as a community. Um, so we did that. We went to Ethiopia and looked and we were volunteering in orphanages there and actually meeting the kids. And uh, it's a crazy story how we ended up with our son, but we had, we did not want a baby. We wanted a teenager, the kids, the kids that nobody wanted. And uh, one day we got a call like, yo, um, do you guys still want this baby? We're like, what? You know, like, yeah, the baby was born. The mother picked you out of, you know, we had to turn in these life books to all these agencies, like pictures of our marriage and our story and, and they're like, yeah, the mother picked your life book out seven months ago. Nobody called you. We're like, fuck no. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, if you don't come, if you don't get to North Carolina from Arizona in 48 hours, the baby's going into foster care. Wow. And I'm like, I guess we got a baby. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is we had just, we had just left the marriage council. We said, the last thing you guys need to do is have a child. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's even crazier. <laughs> Now, we, were you guys specific with uh, with looking for boys versus girls, or was it were you just open to? No, we're just open to anything. I, I okay. you know, to, to be completely like you know, um, I guess racist. I, I definitely wanted a quote, <laughs> a quote, exotic like red haired blue eyed child. Dope. I would love to have like a red red hair white a little white kid running around my house. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they are the most adorable little babies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so Delina said we we're we were open to anything. Okay. And, uh, we got uh, and it was, it was fucked up. Like the system went along. Like we got offers for kids and the kids we got we got approved for four. Um, Making Mexican it sound like kids. you got coupons and shit, man. <laughs> yeah, we were. They were like, when you're approved, like cause you have to go through so much to get approved. Right. Like once you're approved, you're a hot item. Like you're a sexy bitch at the dance. So it was like. And, and, and you being a rapper didn't didn't screw anything up in the approval process. There's a weird, still a weird gray area in America where if you're not Snoop Dogg or Jay Z and mostly just Snoop Dogg, white people have no idea who you are. Well, so I'm, you I'm not saying rapper, about knowing. I'm just saying, like, I, for some reason, I feel that the adoption process looks frowns upon entertainers. Period. Yeah, I feel like that's what I'm saying. Like they don't when you when I put down entertainer, they automatically assume, even though my wife had no job, they would assume that my wife worked and I just rapped as a hobby. Right. And I was a lazy black okay. dude that smoked blunts and played video games. Oh, we were on government assistance. They didn't they don't really care how much you make. That's the thing about Foster. They don't care how much you make. As long as you don't have any felonies and you do all their bullshit courses and paperwork, you're good to go. Oh, okay. But yeah, I think I just slid under the radar. They're like, Okay. You're a rapper, you're a musician, whatever. Like, as long as you're not, like I said, as long as it's not a red flag, if, if they could look me up and go, oh, you're Young Jeezy, or you're Rick Ross, or you talk about brandishing firearms, or, you know? Right. I just didn't exist to them, and it wasn't real. So whatever, I, they thought I had a day job or that I lived off my wife most of the time. So they don't ask you, like, what's your stage name, and then research you, basically? Mm, not at all. Mm. Which they probably should. <laughs> yeah. That's what, like, this system is 
clocked out. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just clocking in and clocking out. Oh, clocking in. Clock, and, but, you know, they're making sure the children, and I guess it's not fucked up. They're making sure the children are safe. Right. If you're not a pedophile or, you know what I mean? You right. have no prior, because also like a black male by the age I was 36, 35. If I'm a black male by the age of 35 and I don't have any priors, I'm probably not going to collect it. If I'm not already in the dope and guns and beating up people and women and whatever, I'm probably not going to pick that habit up at 35 years old. Right, right. Makes sense. So I think it was a pretty safe. So they're just like, you have income, you pay your taxes, you can prove it. You know, and also at the time I was still running paid dues, so I had a really successful music festival. So I think they also looked at that heavy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's a concert promoter or, right. you know. Right, But never once did they ask if, you know, and the beauty about the type of music I make, if we ever did run into somebody, they were a fan and they knew what kind of the kind of music I make. Mm, right. So they, it, it, they were even more, I want to say, aroused, uh, enthused. Aroused is so, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, a <laughs> weird, it's a little weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, they got a, they got a fucking, you know, humanitarian boner. <laughs> <laughs> so, so once you once you've got the baby home, I mean, how how did that feel just in terms of the bonding experience with uh, an adopted child? I'm curious about how how that went down for you. Yeah. It was um, it was it was well, it was crazy because we didn't want a baby. I know that I don't have the patience for babies and never really care for babies, and I just I did not. I tell people all the time, I did not like my son at all. Um, I loved him, you know what I mean, but I was like this is fucking hard. And luckily I have two homeboys that tell me like a lot of people, I'm like, Oh, babies are the best. I love it. I'm a dad. It's the best thing. I looked into the kids eyes and I had this moment and my whole world changed. None of that shit ever happened with me with both my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Babies are fucking annoying, selfish. They're babies. They're not the best fucking humans. Right. You know, because we're evolved species, we have the luxury or pleasure of, raising our child they don't have to come out the room walking because we have no predators mm. every other animal that could be preyed upon can get out walk eat there's no time for this baby change my ass and, you know try to figure out why i'm crying bullshit because if you're a fucking if you're prey you cry you're dead so you don't you're not born helpless you know right we have the benefit of being top of the food chain so we get these motherfuckers that need us to do every fucking thing for them and uh it drove me. We had to. We had to fly to North Carolina. I had to live in a hotel for three weeks. And shout out to Ninth Wonder for having a Marriott plug because out of nowhere we had. To, you know, they were like, "Get here in forty-eight hours," but they're also like, "Come up with our twenty-eight k to pay the fees for this baby as well." God wow. damn, is that much? And um, yeah, yeah, it's expensive. Fuck. So I was like, "Yo," like in all the classes we went through before, and that's always just you know, in many fights being an asshole. You know, I was like, "Yo," like you're lucky you have a dude that could just at the at the drop of a hat be like, "Oh yeah, I got twenty-eight k. Go ahead, run that." We'll take that. You know, I got it. No problem. Oh, I got three weeks in the Marriott. No, a suite so that we, cause we had to do bottles and everything with a newborn mm-hmm. in a fucking hotel room. And like the neighbors hated it. So every time we he cried, we have to get out. But it's, you know, late October in North Carolina is freezing. So we have to wrap the baby up, get in the car and drive around so he's quiet so we don't wake up the neighbors. He's, you know, used to getting fed when he wants. He's been, you know, on the umbilical cord, so he's been fed all the time. So when we can't get the bottle right, and it's too warm, it's too hot, it's too cold, he's screaming even more. Hmm. It was, and then, then we're not his mother. He, you know, we don't have familiar smells, voice, none of that shit. So it was, hmm. uh, yeah, that must be hectic. A, man, so I, I, you know, I got thrown into the the worst, worst. I don't say the worst, but the best part. Um, and we just we rolled through it, man. We. Oof. 
So yeah, this is it was it was a lot. This is fresh out of marriage counseling, where y'all knew I guess things were on the on the fritz already, and then yeah, y'all decided you know what we got this opportunity regardless of where we going we still want to do this. Yeah, as human beings, I'm like, well, we got into this to get kids out of the system. Like when they were like, oh, another kid goes into the system, and right. we disappoint this mother who's been carrying his baby for four or five months, thinking that we're the parents, looking at our pictures. You know, like, it's just no choice whether we stay together or not. This baby is supposed to be with us, you know? That's, or this baby definitely doesn't deserve to go to foster care. Is there any contact with the mother? The biological? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she wanted a, a closed adoption, but we kind of talked to her and tried to convince her to have an open adoption. Um, mm. But for me, now that I, I've lost and, like, like I've, like, lost a child, I know how hard it is and maybe why she doesn't keep in contact as much. Mm. Um and also being a parent that I can't see my kid every day because he's in Arizona, I know how that, that pain bothers me. Right. So yeah. I didn't, you know, so we we kind of, I think we talked her into it because we thought it was a cool idea. But in reality, it's probably pretty hard for her, you know, to watch. But she was a, a very, well, her kid, she had two kids. She was in nursing school. Um, we had, you have to, you, we have five days for the mother to change her mind. Five or seven days, I think, depending on the state. And, uh, so on the five, fifth or seventh day, you have to bring the child back to the mother's house. She has to see you guys and then say, okay, go ahead, you know? Wow. And uh, so we went to her house. You know, it wasn't like some ghetto project mess. It was a really nice home. She had two kids that came out to meet us. They were very well behaved and well kept. And, you know, the little boy had a fresh fade. The girl, they were dressed well. She was like, I couldn't do my best for a third kid. I didn't know I was pregnant until like the fourth or fifth month. And when I got it, it felt like God was telling me this baby was for you guys. Wow. And, huh. That's that's intense. So we weren't, you know, taking him out of a distress. It was just a rational adult. She was 30-something. She was like, right. I'm in nursing school. I'm almost done. I'm struggling. These two kids, their fathers aren't in their lives. I can't do it. And she mm -hmm. had someone that she really loved. He was locked up. She was waiting for him to come home. She's like, my man's coming home in a couple years. I want to be ready. This is all I can do. She's mm -hmm. at her limit. And she asked for help, and I think that's the the beauty of community. And so it was a blessing that for for her, for us, and I hopefully a blessing to her that we were able to receive. And she was she felt like she was ready to give, and it wasn't a painful, you know, I wish I could keep him, but I can't type of thing. It was more like right. I know that you'll do. He'll get. I, I'm doing. It was very very. She knew what was the right thing. Yeah, and we were that. able to yeah. be the right people, you know. Right. And so that, that was a. But yeah, like I, I had no idea what I was getting into. Except I had a couple friends that would tell me, like, you know, I, I had one, one friend that was like, "It's hell," and he was just like, "That's why I smoke so much weed. The babies <laughs> are a fucking headache." And then my other friend would tell me, like, you know, I got on the phone with him when they talked. He's like, "Hold on," and he just talked. He talks to his son like I talk. He's like, "Motherfucker, if you don't shut the fuck up," he's like, "Man, I love my son, but this motherfucker's a fucking asshole." And I remember <laughs> like, who talks to a baby like that? But me and him are so similar in temperament. Then when I started talking to my baby like that, I didn't feel like a psychopath. I felt like, okay. Because I know that he loves his son. Like, you know, he he would do it. He'd die, kill for his son. But it's just that phase. He's like, man. He's like, it's just till they start walking and talking, it's really difficult for me. So at, at what point did you start to feel connected to your son? Uh, or what age, basically? Um, around 10 months. I, I told my wife now because we were approaching 10 months with our baby. And I just remember looking at my son and being like, yo, I fuck with you. And he said something like, fuck. And I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> we have been through a long, you know, because also I'm not a dad that had to go back to work. I was able to like cancel everything and stay home. Right. Luckily, or you know, I had to do a European tour for like three weeks, and then I came back. Hmm. And I had not been drinking either for years, and I started drinking whiskey again. It was like I didn't, I didn't do whiskey, alcohol, coffee, nothing. All that came with the kid. <laughs> the, I was like, man, this the coping this is package. Crazy. Yeah, man. I was like, this is why dads drink whiskey. This is why dudes smoke cigars. Like, yeah. this shit is fucking hard. A lot of shit, things make man. sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, I need this. <laughs> no, it's like, now I understand road, why I was... people go to bars by themselves. I never understood that. Now I'm Yo. like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Yo, that's so funny. I I do that shit, and I'm looking around like it's all normal. You're right. Yeah. Like that arch in your back, like looking at the glass, like that's not a look of like this. That's like peace. That's like meditative. Like, like yep. you're meditating. <laughs> like, ah. It's like meditating. Like it's fuck, man. I really, yeah. So I get it now. And then when we had to go on tour. I felt like I was leaving my wife in like a lurch with a mm. fucking psychopath. And the same <laughs> thing with my son. Now I had to go on a fucking a Canadian tour a couple weeks ago. I feel so bad for my wife. Like. You're alone with this psychopathic lunatic baby <laughs> motherfucker that's fucking ruining your life every day. And, you know, and I'm not there to have your back. I'm paying the bills, but not the shit. I know she wishes she could get on stage and go rap and leave you with this crazy son of a yeah, I don't. I don't feel so bad that I've called my baby Demon Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, nah, they don't. I, do, I always tell them, I do not like you, but I love the fuck out of you. <laughs> and I can't. And I know now, like, it's just temporary. Like, when I got to that 10th month, like, me and my son, are, to this day, I would say we're, like, best friends. Like, you know, like, he, you know. But I'm not a normal parent. Like, we fuck shit, motherfucker. We play Fortnite together. Like, he's going to call me today because he can't play video games on the weekdays at his mom's house. So Friday, Saturday, he'll call me and tell me, log on, and we'll play Fortnite. Is it, He's so, six or know, seven? He's six. So he's the six. only six-year-old. I know that's allowed okay. to play that game. Got it. <laughs> that, that's another. That's another parent. If it was my choice, I probably wouldn't have done it. But it was a choice his mother made because he has a, uh, something like a stepbrother now who plays it, so he wanted to play it. Mm. And I gave him a switch, and then the the older brother put it on his thing. So you know, it's like I can't tell him no now. Yeah, because that right. would make him even more attracted to it. So I was like, well, the best thing I do is just start playing it with you. Well, what I and thought I was cool. Is... Come... Oh, sorry, yeah. man. I'll just say what I thought was cool was uh, seeing you a couple years ago at, uh, at Soundset and. Your son was backstage with you before your performance, and he was just hanging out with everyone. Yeah, he he uh, he, he goes everywhere. He could, I don't know. There's a few rappers he likes, but like, we tried to watch Future. I think that year it didn't work out. Yeah. First year he went, he got he got to see Wiz Khalifa and um, uh, whatever his fucking song, one of the last big hits he had. Um, I don't know, well, whatever it was, some turn up, whatever the fuck. I'm the boy or I'm the man or whoever the fuck, whatever the fuck that shit was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like how like those kind of songs are like simple enough that a toddler can get it. So that was right. his fucking jam at two years old. <laughs> and I remember like like Wiz looking over at him like, holy shit, this kid is going. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we them boys. That's what it is. That was oh, okay. we them boys, yeah. We didn't, we didn't boy. So me and his his other brother at the time, we would all, you know, play that in a car and we taking the oldest the, at the time, the other foster kid that was with us to school. And we would play We Didn't Boys all the time. So when that shit came on live, it was like he lost his mind. He was tired of mind. That's dope. You mentioned earlier, like, the the lack of a father that you had. And so, and and then you also mentioned, you know, when with your son that lives in Arizona, 
how important you find it to be to represent, you know, him as as a black man, black father, taking him to school and that kind of thing. Does one have any correlation with the other? So the, your personal lack of a father, does that has that strengthened your position to be even more present in the lives of your children? Oh, for sure, man. Mm. For sure. For sure. It's like that, you know, I'm addicted to like being a mental, you know, because the lack of also leaders in my community. Like, I recently have been through like starting pay dues and like mentoring people and like, you know, from like, you know, Curtis King, Noah James, Absol, Kendrick, lots of rappers when they were like nothing in LA, like slid in my DMs and I would do my best. There's a kid I mentor now named Cody and he has a brand called Erla. And he works for FTP and he does all the streetwear stuff. But when he was 13, he DM'd me. He's like, yo, I live on Crenshaw Slauson. I got this t-shirt company. I want you to wear it. I just drove to his house and picked up the, and bought the t-shirt. You know, wow. met his mom. I was like, whatever you need. Like, That's dope. I'm just, none of the rappers coming up on this side, on this coast, like really ever looked out for me. Um, except for the Mystic Journeyman in the Bay. But I was about to tell him I was 18. But there was just no one reaching out to work with us. Everyone was trying to get on and fuck everyone else, you know? So when I got on, I always wanted to help. And then so it, that's how I feel about hip hop. And when my personal family is even it's tenfold. And I, and I think that I'm not the only one. I think my lack of a father could charge me and everyone in my generation. Cause the stats are saying now that black parents, black fathers are over parenting. And sometimes to the point at the, at the detriment to their, at detriment to their marriage, like mm-hmm. fuck my partner. I'm here for this kid. And it's, you know, there's a lot of messaging now in the community about you gotta be a husband too. Oh, wow. Um, That's news to that me. Make- now that makes a lot of yeah. sense, though. So That's we're tough. like, you know, yeah. So I, I feel like I'm overparent. You know, like I fly down if I can't go. You know, I fly my wife and the baby down, and I drive my minivan eight hours, so we don't have to rent a car for a week. Then we rent an Airbnb, which is like two thousand dollars a week. So you know, I spend probably, yeah, I spend a lot of money. That's my goal chain is like overparenting, mm-hmm. or, or parenting. You know, I don't know if it's over. That's a quote. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a t-shirt. That's Fuck my a quote. Yeah. Overparenting. Yeah. Hey, uh, we, people will be like, "Yo, <laughs> how, how do you get your son?" I'm like, "Yo, I buy a ticket, then I fly down, and his mom drops him at the airport, we turn around, catch the next flight, next flight back to LA, then we stay here, then I fly him back, and then I fly back. You know, that's four. You know, I don't even six plane tickets. Shit. Yeah. And and how does how does your oldest son get along with your wife? What's their relationship like? Like, man. That's one thing I just—it's—it's it's definitely a struggle. Mm. Um, as any step parent knows, it's a struggle for her. It's a struggle for him. Um, he definitely goes through a lot with, uh, you know, his parents splitting up. Like his mom is seeing someone else. I'm, of course, married to someone else. But it's just really, really difficult for him. Um, but he—he's a soldier. And I think that's the, the also the bad part about me not having a father is because any any kind of complications he's having. I may just gloss over. I try not to, but I'm like, yo, I grew up seeing my dad beat the shit out of my mom. My stepdad beat the shit out of my mom, you know? Mm-hmm. So you dealing with two parents that chose to live separately and you get to see them both. Like, I'm, you know, I've, I've, you know, part of me is like, I don't really feel your sob story, but you're good. You'll be all right, you know? Right. But maybe not. Like, cause I don't, it's still a struggle for, you know, my wife was a, uh, um, a parent, a kid that went back and forth between the parents. So she, tries to educate me and remind me on some of the difficulties he's having and is going to have. Um, but I'm just not familiar with the struggle. And I have another friend that's a parent and he has kids that he's taking care of and they weren't his and he raised them since they were four. And then 
He got one in a college. He went and got pregnant the first semester, then got pregnant again. The other one, he got him into a good college. He flunked out the first semester, got him back in. He flunked out again. And he's like, man. And he's like, but these kids had no struggle. I gave them everything I didn't have, but I didn't know how. Like, you know, for lack of a better term, we don't know how to raise white kids. You know, <laughs> like I know how to raise, you know, like my experience is like survival, making something out of nothing. Like I could teach you a lot of things, but I can't teach you how to deal with a normal life, unfortunately. Right. That's, that's actually an interesting point. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, my kid fraud, I have to remind like, you're basically a white boy. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck, I'm posing, you know? <laughs> like, you're the kid that can, that can cuss at home, has his own bedroom, has a Nintendo, a PlayStation, an Xbox, you know? You, you've been all over the country already. My my baby has already been to St. Bart's at six months old. He has a passport. Like, Right. And does your oldest feel connected uh, to his brother, his younger brother? Or what's that? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. He was like, I think a lot of maybe some parents have also, I know, felt that like, were, oh, that's my baby. Like, that's my brother. Like, she may be like, when, even when she was carrying, like, and that was another thing for my son in the midst of going through a divorce, he had to go through me telling him, your baby brother's coming, your baby brother's coming, his name is Optimus, he's coming, we have the baby, Sarah, Optimus is party Bob, and I have to call him and tell him, yo, Optimus is dead. And then what does that mean? Mm. And then, like, his mom his mom calling me from Arizona, and like, yo, he just woke up screaming for his brother in the middle of the night. Wow. Like, a month along with divorce, along with at the same time, because we were trying to explain to him how birth works, he's like, oh, so I was in my mom's tummy, and then we had to explain to him, Oh, not only is your brother dead, your parents are divorced, but you're also adopted. That's right. Wow. Uh, that's a so, lot. Yeah, that is a lot to handle. So this dude is a fucking G. Like, I, you know, so he's dealing with a lot. And, um, I think he's good, but, you know, you know, and then this year he started Spanish immersion school. So we're like, yeah, here, go learn another language while you're at it. Right. <laughs> yeah, do something else at him. <laughs> Like you need, you know. So if he, you know, once he gets to third grade, he'll be he'll be ready to raise me. So, <laughs> what what's your biggest struggle right now, Merce? As far as you said, your current child son, I believe you said, is six months old. He's nine months. He's nine months. What's your biggest struggle, or or do you think you're over like the the struggle stage that we were talking about earlier? No, I'm still deep in it. Mm-hmm. He's breastfeeding, which is different than my other kid. And then for the record, too, for anyone thinking that adopting, like I have people say this to me, and people, like having a baby die, people sometimes say the wrong thing, and that's cool. And even having an adopted son, like people would tell me like, yo, but when you have one that's your own, it's going to be different. And there was no fucking difference. I had the same blank ass, okay, I got to take care of this motherfucker's there when I hold <laughs> it in my arm. I was like, like, and to this point, I still feel no more connected to this child than I did my adopted son. So if anyone's thinking about it, I know a lot of guys, but I want one that's mine. Bro, there is no fucking difference. Where you earn your kid is these months right now. This is what builds the fucking bond to me. Because, man, like this, you know, after someone takes you through this and you can still love them after all the things the baby puts you through. And same thing for the baby. After everything we put them through, you know, because they know exactly what they want. We just don't know how to understand them. Right. This is the language barrier. Yeah. Well, you know, they're we're not that much smarter than them. I don't ever think that. But, no, sometimes I know. think my daughter's smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, well, but but I think that's well, I that that point that you just raised is actually the biggest thing. It's like, yeah, 
there may not be a, a big difference between uh, your own kid and a, a you know a child that you adopt, but it's how early you get them. Because if you can go through this yeah. developmental phase with them, I agree. I, I can't see very much difference in in those but there, two scenarios. There also has to be a if you're a, a normal human being decides to take on that responsibility, then that's kind of equally in the playing field. Like you've decided, I'm taking responsibility for this human being. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. And that's, I never, you know, especially in the hood, like, dudes would make fun of dude, like, oh, that nigga taking care of that kid, and even he is, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, like, when someone's with someone, you know, when you raise a kid and then you break up with the mom, but that, even though it's not your kid, you still want to be involved. I get that now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of judgment around that, like, oh, okay, that wasn't even this kid. Why he still do this? Because when you're going through that, the, the you know, the struggle, as you said, like, man, you build a bond. So we're still. Just for a positive way to put it, like me and my nine-month-old are still building a bond. And since he's breastfeeding, I think it'll be a little bit more time before we get get on, you know, get to a point where we like each other. Get good. Yeah, get good, you know. So, start, <laughs> start playing Fortnite at five, four years old, maybe. Yeah, exactly. We got some stuff to do. You know, like, we, like with, the, with the vegan mom, you get, like, no TV, no sugar. Like, we can't find over cookies. Y'all Mormon? What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, a, you know, no no, no cake and no ice cream, you know. So we're, we're trying to, we'll get, well, you know, he can't throw a ball yet. So, we, you know, going outside is not, we, we go on walks and, you know, after all we've been through, it's real um, it's a struggle, I think, for, for me to let go, maybe even for my wife to let go. So, like, you know, I get to take him out by myself for about two hours, and I got to bring him back. Yeah, we, we got to fix um, that, that sugar thing because uh, at the open of this episode, I was talking about some brownies that we made on my, in my house here in New York that are, uh, like, they follow, like, the keto lifestyle. And then I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're all vegan, and the sugar ain't sugar. So I might have to slide you that, and I might have to get some, yeah, get some, some of that back in there. Sweet. That's not. That's not real um, sugar. Fructose or yeah, 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 pure processed sugar. I could, I could, I could maybe swing that. I think, I, but I also think he's just gonna have a big ass Brussels sprout for his first. <laughs> <laughs> With a candle on it. Yeah, candle on Brussels sprout. Wow. <laughs> sun, sun dried water ice cream. Or <laughs> that's you know, it, it'll be um. It'll be a good thing to get to a year, I think. You know, when they can walk is also a little bit. You know, a lot of people say, you don't want them to walk because then you chase them. I'd rather chase the kid around than have right. to carry a kid around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Facts. Like, don't touch I'm looking that. forward to walking and talking so I can, the communication yeah. is better. Communication, especially for people, I think, that are into, like, rap because it's such a communicative, like, culture. Like, you know what I mean? Right. There's, like, 50,000 words in a fucking rap album and, and a thousand in a rock album. Like, we're used to hearing a lot of... We want a lot of talking out of out of our people that are close to us, I think. I how, something to say. how were you able to adjust? I'm, I'm sure you haven't fully adjusted, but how were you able to adjust from when you and your ex split from seeing your son every day to, you know, not not seeing him every day? Which a lot of oh, which a lot of guys go through. I, I cry every fucking day, man. Like I've lost friends. Like I said, you know, a lot, I buried my father, my stepfather. You know, homies has gotten shot. Homies has gotten car accidents. Like I've I've lost. I dealt with loss a lot, and it's there's nothing like the the pain I felt. Well, and then burying my own kid. Um, 
and for me, I, it, you know, some people feel it's out of line, but I, I, it's a very similar pain to like, like losing a child. Even though I can call them on FaceTime, it's just not the same. And, uh, you know, if you, and if you're being honest, like no disrespect to my ex-wife, I think she's, you know, she's a great parent. I'm sure she is, but it's like, I think I'm the best rapper in the world. I think I'm the best parent in the world, you know? Right. Yeah, right. True, but I feel that way. So when my son is not with me, I don't think he's, you know, he's, he's, getting, getting, he's getting what he needs, right? Right. I know he's getting what he needs. Without a doubt, I would have never left him there. That was the case. But I mean, you know? getting what he needs from a from a father aspect. From, from a father, yeah. yeah. And she yeah. has a, a solid dude that's around now. He's a good dude. He's raised three good boys. So I'm really happy about that. And I'm in a position where he, I have his phone number. He picks my son up from school. I can reach out to him and FaceTime my son. He'll reach out to me. Like, yo, has, your, has, has he seen Spider-Man? Because we're about to go see it with the boys, but I don't want to see it with I don't want to leave him out. If you guys aren't going to see it, we'll wait to see it until he gets back. Like, there's a real good rapport. That's um, dope. So we, we don't have, you know, every, you know he had a breakdance um, this summer. He was in a breakdancing um, class. And his recital, all of his cousins from his stepdad or his mom's boyfriend's family came. You know, all of my family came. You know, it was a, you know, he feels supported from both sides. So he's not... Um, He's not, he's not lacking, but just like I said, my ego is like, yo, and even him, he's like, I want to see my dad every day. Um, and it's hard for him to go back and forth. Is there ever any awkward time when you do, when you guys do get to finally see each other and you're in the same room, uh, any, any kind of awkwardness? Like readjusting Re period? Yeah. Nah, nah. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, and I think about, and I think about when I start to complain and whine and get down, like I think about like Miles Davis who had who knows how many kids and he was like just being on the road is hard. Like but he had to be like, Okay, yeah, I'm in France for three months. Here's a postcard. Maybe a phone call, you know? And I get to literally FaceTime my kid from anywhere in the world. Mm. You know, like I don't you know, he doesn't have it that bad and I don't have it that bad. Um so and then I think the FaceTime, Fortnite, whatever it is, it helps them. You know, we stay we stay linked. Mm -hmm. So whenever I see him, you know, he jumps on me. We hug, we kiss, and it's a it's a pretty seamless trend. We pick up where we left off. How do you feel about so from the hip hop angle? How do you feel about the potential for your kids to follow in your footsteps? How do how do you look at that? Man, I'm so stoked on it. Like I, he's a. Um, you know, everything he's ever wanted to be. I want to be a football player and a rapper, a fireman and a rapper. He's never not wanted to be a rapper since he could talk. <laughs> um, and I don't think he knows what that means, right. being a rapper, but he wants to be like, you know, I'm just, he always is like, you know, it's funny because like he, people would think we look alike because we both have dreads and he's my son and, you know, so I don't ever correct people, but he's adopted and he'll still be like, when I was a baby, I was like you. Right now, I'm like, I'm like you were when you were this age. He, he, he wants to be like me. Yeah, you're his idol. Um, and that feels great, man. Because I didn't have that. And um, and I had a lot of people I put that kind of faith in that let me down. And so to know that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm an upstanding guy and it's a good thing for him to want to be like me. And also, I'm not... He doesn't have... And music has changed so much where... Like, like I don't want my, my, my kid in this business because these are guys that are hooked on drugs, cheated on their wives, and whatever. I don't want this life for them. Or being taken advantage of business-wise and signed shitty contracts. Hmm. Like, I have a great job. I've never been in a business situation that I couldn't manage. I've been able to provide for my family. I know how to work the music business, and it's only got more artist friendly. So if this is really what he wants to do, 
then fine. And I could teach him how to do it. To me, was as Spin Magazine wants to put him like as a blue collar rapper. Right. Um, to me, was somebody where you can keep your sanity. Because when you were, we talked before, yeah, I, I left L.A. at the height of my career because I couldn't deal with it because I'm not built to be. Uh, a liar or a cheater or a fucking people pleaser or a scumbag. And that's how you, you know how you succeed in this moment. You can't get to that level in the game without having to bow down or do something to compromise your manhood and integrity. Hmm. And um, some people think the sacrifice is worth it. I just wasn't, it wasn't worth it to me. You, either, you know, some people don't sacrifice their integrity or their manhood, but you sacrifice your freedom because you end up being a real nigga and you end up beating somebody's ass, shooting somebody and going to jail. Because that's what this industry would push you toward. Mm. And it forced me to carve out another way. And it was, it was a way that I had before I signed a Warner Brothers. I just returned to it. Cause you can live in Tucson. and That's the beauty of Tech Nine and Atmosphere. Because they live in Minnesota and Kansas City where they can make a living off of music and live very well because it's not the high overhead of trying to be a star in L.A. or New York or Miami or Atlanta. And uh, so I can teach my son that, like, you know, just, you know, cool, be a rapper, live in Anchorage, Alaska, put your music on Spotify, you know, tour like this. I can teach him how to do it if this is what he chooses to do, but he won't choose. Like when we had the foster kid with us, he was choosing to rap. And I was like, make sure this is because of what you want to do. And if you're going to rap in this house, you're going to know all the elements. You're going to know, you know, you're an artist because you have a message. You're not an artist because you want to make money. Art is not a tool for financial success. It could be a tool to support your life, but it's not a tool to make you rich. It's not a tool to make you famous. And so, if, and I think I'm giving my son an understanding of that because he's not growing up seeing, seeing me rock arenas. He wants to be a rapper because he sees me do shows and listens to me while, I, you know, we used to drive from Arizona when I was getting my divorce, we used to drive eight hours back and forth, no TV, no iPad. And I would just play beats and I would be writing in my head while I drove and I would write with him. So much so that when we got to the studio and he'd be like, no, no, no. You forgot to say, and motherfuckers don't know. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, pop, 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 pop. You said it like this because he was in the car with me and we just rapped. So y'all cre- you co-creating on an eight-hour trip. That's ill. Yeah. We're he's he's ghostwriting for you. Let me find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> it never fails. When I was in advance, like, when he was younger, I'd be like, okay, here's the microphone. What do you want to say? He'd be like, bitch, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd be like, I'm like, go kick your rap. you like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and now he'll be like, my name is Bishop, and I bust school, and I, you know, Spider Man is the best. And that's his rap. Right. But before it was a lot of X. So he's grown out of his gangster rap phase. What What about the podcast game? So you, you, you got, you know, you're working with Cookbook on the Felipe's Garage, I know. Um, how's yeah. that world, and what did, how does that affect your kid? Because he knows you as a rapper. Does he disassociate you as a podcaster as well? I don't think he knows what a podcast is. Well, he, we listen to a podcast. If anyone can help me get this back on there, there's an amazing podcast for kids called This Podcast Has Fleas. Oh, yeah. I heard you guys talk about it on, on Felipe's. Yeah, bro. So he got into podcast through that, and he would, when I do Felipe's Garage, because my wife has a baby, he has to go everywhere with me, so she's not overwhelmed. So we'd be 10, 10, 10 p.m. in Felipe's Garage, it was at my homeboy DJ Hydro's house. And uh, I just, you know, I give him a switch and say, play that, or you can listen to what we're talking about. And so he's been on a couple episodes, so he gets it, but he doesn't get, I don't think, what it is. But to him, like, 
he he thinks that cookbook is my only friend. Because the only time <laughs> the only time he sees his dad like talk to another man and like hang out, you know. I, don't, I like I don't you know I don't call my homies on the phone. I don't have lots of homies come over. So he's like, Dad, you have one friend. I'm like, who? He's a cookbook. <laughs> like, All right. So for him, it's just me and my one friend in the world. We get together once a week and we do this thing. Shout out cookbook. The only friend of hers. <laughs> Basically, oh, described a podcast. Though. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he has an understanding of the podcast game that we don't. It's it's true. And that's how I kind of look. That's how I was like, yo, it's just a way for me to do something once a week because I'm really bad at keeping friends and keeping in touch with people. Hmm. But if I can make it a, center it around work, like, cool. But my best friends have always been my DJ or my road manager. Like, it's, I don't really, or people I'm collaborating with. I don't. I just. I'm a workaholic like that. So if it's not about work, I'm not like. I don't hang out. I don't go to the bar. So this is my equivalent. Felipe's garage is my equivalent of getting up and going to the bar, and mm. talking about shit with someone else who has, you know. I guess he doesn't have badass kids. Like just kids. Cookbooks out of the the struggle phase that I know you're in right now, eating. I'm in. Yeah. Need and, need. I just and that. This is like, yeah. And I'm a black parent too, so when like my like, oh wait till the terrible twos, I'm like, it's not about to be terrible for me. <laughs> it's terrible for this motherfucker, but I'm a, I'm a damn sure ain't about to be terrorized on no fucking kid. <laughs> that's you know, but that's I think that's a lot of African American parents. My barber said that no one he told his son <laughs> his son started crying, he said, Motherfucker, you don't have any feelings when you start to pay bills. <laughs> I say something similar to my kids. I go, you ain't have a vote. You don't got to vote until you pay taxes. Shut the fuck up. Word up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, man. I say that a lot to my nine month old. He doesn't get shut the fuck up. <laughs> the best part is when I think I'm being hardcore with him. And I, I flip him off. I do lots of shit. And he just laughs. <laughs> and so anything I say to him, the louder I get, is funnier than him. And that just checks me because I realize how silly I look yelling at a child about anything. Hey, that's that's therapy sometimes. So fuck it. Fuck yeah, fuck <laughs> it. I, and then I always have to remind myself, like, and I tell my wife, you know, like, we are smarter, stronger, and more fit than this motherfucker. We <laughs> got, you know, how does he have us out there? You know. Yeah. How does he? How does he have us on the ropes right now? <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, shit is real, man. It's real. Yeah, <laughs> you do have to remind yourself. Wait, wait a second. I'm getting mad at a at a defenseless child. <laughs> yeah, like wait. Yeah. A second. But, but sometimes it seems like you're doing kid. shit on purpose. To you, you're like, come on now. You smarter than you making making it seem right now. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I wish I could figure. I wish I could. Well, I can't wait to remember this. But you know, Elon Musk I'm sure is working on something where we can see these motherfuckers' thoughts. Because yeah, he has a devious smile. He's a sneaky asshole sometimes. I know well, talk to Kay. Kay uh, teaches sign language to his baby. <laughs> <laughs> sign language arguments. <laughs> oh shit! I might have to get that. Yeah, we yeah we did the we did the early uh, potty training. So give give a sign for when you're gonna go to the bathroom and sign. Got, got, got him out of the <laughs> get him out of the diapers early. And just for context, we're talking about five months old. We're not talking about early yeah. like a year old. Oh, that's when you were at five months old, okay? That's when we started, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody believes already. <laughs> no, he's got a never, fight. He's got a never, never too late. Yeah. <laughs> Is it on YouTube? Can I get on this? 
I'm sure. I'm sh- yeah. I'm sure it's. I'm sure what's they the, have. What's all the name of the book? <sighs> Wife's gonna kill me because she's like, "Damn, you never remember that." <laughs> so you don't remember it? No, nah, I forget. I forget the name. You That's all. It, it's, it's Google. I, I like. I'm sure there's yeah. like a million baby sign language things in the world. Yeah, oh, it's also on the Fatherhood's IG page. To put the. It's called. It's called up. the Diaper Free Baby by Christine Gross Low. Oh, gross low. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's your people? Hyphenated. We're all hyphenated. Is everybody on this call hyphenated? Yep. Not me. You're not hyphenated? Nah. Super, super Latino, no hyphens. <laughs> you continue, continuing the patriarchy, you evil man. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I, I didn't even ask. It was not happening. <laughs> gotta do a little hyphen sometimes yeah I'm hyphenated as fuck well I'm personally not but my, my child is right so Merce for for other budding hip hop artists or just you know fathers in general what what's your mantra or the, the thing that gets you through you know the, the I guess the, the valleys toward the peaks of fatherhood yeah, what's that nugget Man. you can leave for him? Man, for young, artists, always, for young artists, I always say, man, uh, um, if you want to make it in this industry, do not have children. That's the first thing I tell young hot rappers when I meet them. Don't have any kids. You could probably ask any rapper that I ever put on paid dues to ask me for advice. If you don't have kids already, don't fucking do it. Because then you start making decisions based on what's better for your family, not what's better for your career or better. You know, even if you're, if you're a business minded rapper, you're making decisions. You're not making the best business decision. If you're artist, art minded rapper, you're not making the best art decisions when you have a child and rightfully so. Um, but then I had a, a kid slide in my DMs when I told him that and be like, well, my kids motivate me to do it. And I'm like, cool. Um, but definitely your children and your family, if you're wired correctly, will become your motivation. And it's, it's a little more difficult to navigate when I'm going through my valleys, you know, I'm always grateful that I have a place where I've built my career where I can deal with, like, like I said, when we got to adopt a kid, I could take time off, drop 28 grand and just go get a baby and say, okay, cancel everything. Mm-hmm. When my son died, I was able to say, yo, I got to cancel the tour and I'm still here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, um, if you can wait, wait, if you're already in it, I I, I, I couldn't imagine building a career but as just as a father to any father of the hip hop generation, I would say like we come from such like uh, so a lot of us um, from violent and uh, aggressive, if not even violent, just an aggressive music, aggressive background. Now all of our favorite rappers are fathers and never really rapped about it. Um, it's it's okay not to like your kid, man. As long as you love them, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to. Yeah, as long as you reset to zero and know that, you know, you're, I don't want to say, I, say, you know, I, I feel like I'm wrong every time I yell, but not in the moment. It's cathartic, it gets it out, and just follow it up with love, man. Like, my kid, because he see, my kid will see me now, my, my my oldest will see me and say, the six-year-old will say, like, don't curse at my little brother. And I'm like, I cursed at you, motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> don't say bad words to my baby brother. And I'm like, fuck you and fuck him. Everybody <laughs> shut the fuck up in this motherfucker right now. He doesn't remember any of it. You know, all he knows is that his dad loves him and we're like best friends, you know, right. um, because those moments are quick, few, few and far between. And I, and I, I still kiss my son. 
snuggle with him, you know, hug him, and he's six foot two already, you know. Um, so I, you know, just you know, love, love, love harder, you know. What I mean, let your let your faults, because anger is a fault and it's ego and it's whatever, but don't don't feel too guilty about it. Just you know, instead of feeling guilty, just love on your child more, man. And don't be afraid to ask questions. I'm a fucking nerd about parenting. Anybody with a good father, you know, Dave Weiner that works at Strange, I met his dad. I'm asking a million questions because I think Dave is a good 50-year-old dude, you know what I mean, who works in hip-hop and has always treated me fairly as a record executive. And I'm like, I want to know what his dad put into this guy. That's interesting. So Mm -hmm. I'll ask. I'll always ask. You know, I'll be that guy. I'll see you at the bar, man. He'll be like, yo, what's up? You got a kid. Oh, what do you do? Well, you know, how do you do this? How do you, what do you, you know, don't be afraid to ask people who raise good children or who are raising good children. Even right now, okay. Like, okay, what's the name of the book? Like, you know, I'm going to really right. check it out. Right. <clears throat> because we were, we're lost that sense of community in our community. We, we could tell you how to make a million dollars. We could tell you how to cook crack. We could tell you how to get 10 bitches. We could tell you how to, you know, soup up your car. We could tell you how to get the flyers, whatever the fuck. But rarely can we, or do we share how to be a good parent? And I mm. think there needs to be more community around that. That's dope. I think I think I can speak for all of us, man. We definitely commend your fatherhood journey and the the, the positive spin you're you're putting into the community for sure. Hundred percent. Word. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I think it's a dope podcast. Together, this is another resource to to build upon. Thanks, man. I still got to go back and listen to the Recognize episode because I, I think about him often. <laughs> yeah, he he's in the thick of it, too. Two. Yeah, people with twins. <laughs> yeah. Two, yeah. Bro. Bro, come on. This shit is, shit is so real. But And I have to think, too, if you're in the set and the struggle, we are like, it's so worth it, man. I look at my six-year-old all the time. Man. That that ten, first 10 months wasn't shit. Yeah. It has been the best. Even at the worst times, it's the best time with him now. Yeah, I haven't got to. I'm sure when he becomes a teenager, he might become a dick, whatever. But right now, the last five years have been the best things I've ever done in my life. That's it. I think we ended right there. That shit was yeah. perfect. There it is. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you cool. very much, man. Uh, thank Thanks, you, man. Appreciate you, man. All, All right. right. Hope to see right. you all soon in some form or fashion. Yep. Right up. Do it. All right. Peace. All right. Peace. Peace. Later.